0: And a warm hearted good morning. Welcome to our Brunpant Studios where we tackle controversial issues that affects our Christian life on a daily basis. Well, definitely a controversial topic this morning. Shacking up together or premarital cohabitation. It's still very much a hot topic, especially here in South Africa where we're still hanging on to the last loop of the Bible's truth. It's commonly known as shacking up. And everybody knows what it means. You're living with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your fiancé. Just living together. Now, living together before marriage is becoming increasingly common, even among so-called Christian couples, and for a number of reasons. Before making a lifelong commitment, many couples want to quote-unquote do a trial period to feel out how they both live and know if taking the relationship to the next level makes sense. Many Christians are adopting the belief and practices of the world, and this can be problematic for a number of reasons. The Bible makes no clear claim that living together before or outside of marriage is living in sin. Given this, many Christians believe that living together before marriage is not living in sin. While there is truth concerning there been no clear claim against it, one of the reasons why an answer to this question isn't explicitly stated in the Bible because two unmarried people living together before marriage who planned on being husband and wife, was rare, particularly amongst Jews and particularly amongst Christians of old. Now, what seems like the norm, cohabitation works its way into a step between dating and marriage. The question is, should Christians engage in this step? Is living together before marriage okay? In this program, we'll dive into what Scripture says about cohabitation and talks about the myths associated with cohabitation and how Scripture breaks down those myths. Don't stray or go away. As we'll be back with our respondents in this morning's edition of Bruntman Right after this. Well, we back in the uh, program, Brunpant, this morning, and I've got Charmaine Humphrey online, but uh, she's yet to introduce herself. Charmaine, in a nutshell, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and Brunpant, your background and your involvement with the Body of Christ here, please.
1: Thank you, very much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, I am a registered counsellor. I, I work with, with a lot of marriage counselling as well, and um, on our farm here near Heidelberg, we also um, have a healing hub um, that we run on a regular basis. Where we really just help people with healing and deliverance.
0: Charmaine, thank you so much. Talking about uh, living together this morning, some people call it shacking up. Others call it uh, cohabitation. Have you dealt with some people in the past? What do people say when you say, well, don't you think it's wrong to live together before you get married? And where do we get that notion from?
1: Yes, I do find that um, fairly often, Venant, especially with with people that have been married for quite a long time, and where where some issues develop in the marriage, and and they then would come to me. What I often see is guilt and shame. That really, it just it's something that they 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 battle with because they seem to know that um, the way they started off their relationship by living together was not a godly decision
0: you talk about guilt and shame where does that come from does it surface somewhere in the marriage and who's it affecting most the man or the or the woman the man or the wife who is normally the one reaching out and saying, look i've uh, pushed the boundaries here I've, I've lived together i suggest that we do that what is your experience
1: interestingly enough it seems to be mostly the woman that battles the guilt and shame emotions it, it's almost like they know that it was not the right thing to do. And it, it's, they blame it on that decision that if we shouldn't we shouldn't have done this. I, I just knew at the time that this wasn't from God. And I, I sensed, I was convicted in my spirit that this isn't something that we should have done. And often the woman, you know, they try to, to say to the man, I'm, I'm not in agreement with this, but it just seems like the easiest thing to do at the time.
0: How do you deal with that shame and guilt? Surely you're talking about people here that's now married for years. They, they try and, and deal with this shame and guilt of living together, cohabitation or shacking up before they get married. How do you deal with that? Because ultimately the younger generation look at the uh, marriages nowadays and says that's exactly why we don't want to get married because it won't last. You know, people struggle with guilt, shame, all sorts of stuff. And that's exactly why we'd rather live live together then get married
1: yes and Venant, isn't that just the saddest saddest thing Um, and you are so right with what you're saying the wonderful thing is is that we can make mistakes and 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 when we look back and we see and we realize and we convicted um the opportunity to make right is is always there and it's not a difficult complicated thing so you know how i would deal with it is to bring people to a place of repentance And once they've repented for that, that whole, that legal right that the enemy has over them and their marriage is broken. And it's really a wonderful thing to see.
0: So what you're saying is that marriages can be saved, uh, relationships can be restored, even though they've committed this living together, this cohabitation, this shacking up, there is restoration afterwards
1: yes absolutely it's so it's really for me it's such an honor to witness that yeah um There are there are much more serious things that happen in marriages but you know once that repentance has taken place and and the couple has forgiven each other and most importantly forgiven themselves um you i really see how they are set free and how marriage can be saved because of that
0: shaman is is it the sin to sleep together before marriage
1: it most definitely is. Um, that is what the word of God tells me, Veinand, very, very clearly. Um, you know, we, we call it fornication. And yes, the, um, the definition of fornication is is literally, basically sleeping together or, or, or sleeping with anybody outside of marriage.
0: We, we assume that we're talking to Christian uh, couples here. What sort of a example do we say have you ever had the uh, the experience where somebody says well we 're not sleeping together we 're just living together, but what sort of example are we sitting and somebody once said there 's always somebody watching there 's always somebody listening. What sort of example do we sit as a Christian couple if we live together without being married? What is your advice you know
1: this is this is unfortunately it's happening a lot, we're um, we all aware of it. I, I sometimes have young couples um, that, that come to me with counseling and, and I would ask that question very directly, are you sleeping together? Um, or, or, or once again, are you living together? And sometimes they'd say to me, we're living together, but we are not sleeping together. We definitely aren't sleeping together. Now, you know, we, we can um, we can give them the benefits of the doubt, but let's just be honest with, with with this whole thing, um, firstly the temptation that you're putting yourself into. Um, you know, we we human, we know that that sexual sin is 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 the one sin that the, the Word of God says that we are to flee from. And I do believe that God, as as, as our Father, He has a very valid reason for saying that to us. Um, so, yes, living together and 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 perhaps not sleeping together, um, that wouldn't be sin if that is the case. But I truly don't know how that would be possible for two people that, that would be saying that they love each other. It's just what the hormones do. We know that. Yeah. Um, so, yes. And then, you know, you ask, um, what message does that send out? I would be concerned that it would be sending out a message um, to others that could possibly cause our brother to stumble. And, um, you know, it, it's 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 quite a a dangerous thing to be doing.
0: I want to address the myths of uh, cohabiting, shacking up, living together. Just touch on one or two of them. Somebody once said, Well, living together before marriage ensures a happier married life afterwards. Any truth in that?
1: I don't believe that is true. That is definitely not what I see in the counseling office. And um, from what I understand, statistics also say that um, there is more or less a 33% chance of your marriage failing if you have lived together before marriage.
0: A 33% chance of, of yes. marriage failure. Yes. What about somebody that says, well, it's, it's a cheaper option at the moment. We can't afford to get married. I've been told that's another myth. But what do you say to people who say, well, we can't afford to get married right now. Hence, we're living together and, you know, just making sure whether we're suitable for each other as well. But it makes financial sense as well. What do you say to somebody like that?
1: Um, Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, Veinans, what I observe is that uh, this this generation, especially of, of young people, Um, they're really battling the the waiting process, the delayed gratification. It's all about instant gratification. I want the house, I want the car, I want the best furniture, I want all those things. And if I don't have that to give to my partner from the man's point of view, then then we're not ready to get married. You know, I I was just reminded um, today of when my husband and I got married um, 37 years ago, we had a little fridge and a bed and we were so happy but that's not how the youth of today think and that is what causes most of this problem is the pressure and i feel for them i truly feel for them because the peer pressure is huge but that is what's what's sad is is the inability to just be patient and to wait for the right time but also um, if you if you don't have all those things, it's still okay to get married and do without.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, listening to you, I understand what you're saying. It's not God's will to live together. What if somebody listening to this program has been living together for quite some time now, maybe a year, two years, three years? And want to do it God's way. How should I go the way forward? How should I take the road forward? What should I do right now? Listening to this program. Listening to Charmaine Humphrey. What am I to do
1: next? The wonderful thing once again is, is just how um, God's grace for us, you know. Um, and when we realize and we have that conviction in our heart that what we are doing is wrong. And and, and also what we are doing doesn't, um, it doesn't bring a blessing upon our lives. Once we realize that and we've come to that true place of repentance where we truly feel saddened by what we are doing and that what we are doing is breaking God's heart, then it's just for us to confess that sin and to turn from it. That is what repentance means. Repentance means turning 180 degrees.
0: What does that mean? Pack your bags? What does that mean? Pack your bags and move out of the flat? Move out of the house?
1: Absolutely. That would be my recommendation. And that is what I say to young people. You have to leave and you have to leave now. You've got to do the right thing.
0: We're talking about young, the younger generation, but it's not necessarily just the young people after that. Many people got hurt through divorce and rather live together. You know, the first marriage didn't work. The second marriage didn't work. Now I'd rather live together then getting into a marital relationship again. What would you say to that couple?
1: That's ex- exactly what fear does to us. And, you know, when our hearts have been broken, Venant, that fear of trusting is one of the things that come in. And also the fear to give and receive love. So the, it, it, it's, it's almost like a natural thing is, is we just don't trust that another relationship's going to work. We don't trust the person because what if that person does that to me again and the bottom line is that is that is fear and you know the word says that god has not given us a spirit of fear so um in in that case i would just say to that person um you really need to come before the lord and to to repent for that fear in your life and to trust him to trust him with what his word says and to do the right thing you know they um, God. He looks at marriage as, as a holy, holy covenant. And it is, that's what it is. It's a covenant between a man and a wife. And that is what he, he desires for us. I believe that, that he desires for us to be in a happy, fulfilling relationship. Um, I was also just reminded, you know, about um, just uh, going back to to my marriage and my my wedding day. And I remember the pastor saying when we exchanged rings, um, that the ring was a, a, a symbol of a threefold cord and it cannot easily be broken. So it is, it is. For the person that has been hurt, it is such a tragic thing, and it is such a reality. Yeah. It's happening to so many people, and my heart breaks for them. But it is about trusting again.
0: Yeah, but it's ultimately what everybody is looking for, that happy and fulfilling life. That's why they living together, seeing if it's going to work out the next time. So I want to ask you this. Does the rings make all the difference? Is there a change in the spiritual realm? Is there a change responsibility-wise, does the rings really make a difference?
1: Interesting question, Benant. You know, I think in the spiritual realm, what it is, is it, it is uh, what is spoken at the time. Because we know that words have power. And it is, it is an oath that's been made before God. And the lovely thing about a ring is that it's something you can look at and be reminded of that oath you took on that day. So, you know, for, for me, I do think, um, biblically perhaps, you know, that it, that it's not specifically said in the word that you, you have to have a wedding. But I think it's a good and a beautiful thing because of the way it's done when the wedding, ta- when the actual marriage takes yeah. place.
0: So your final advice to irrespective of age, race, creed or color, your final thoughts on living together, shacking up, cohabitation, your final word of advice to people listening to this program now.
1: But now, you know, we are, we are living in the last of the last days. And um, the word says that Jesus is coming back for a bride without spots or blemish. So, you know, I, I just want to say firstly to people, uh, do not be condemned by by what you are hearing now because condemnation doesn't come from the lord he doesn't he doesn't work with us like that the holy spirit convicts us in a gentle and in a beautiful way but if you are hearing the voice of the holy spirit saying to you my child this is not right what you are doing then you know my advice would just be to make that decision and to the glory of your father because you will be rewarded for that decision and you will be blessed. The word also says, you know, be holy as I'm holy. And, and, and we cannot be like the world. We cannot do what the world does. We have to be separate from what the world does.
0: Shamain Humphrey, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your passion with us here at Brumpton. God bless you.
1: Bless you. Thank you, much.
0: Op die lijn het ek ook vir Dr. Sarel van Amerbe, maar hy is daarom om sel van die woord te stel. Sarel, hartelik goeie dag by, welkom by Brandpunt. So in een nietedop jou achtergrond en betrokkenheid by die lichaam van Christus,
2: asjeblief. Ja, ek is uh, herder van die gemeente um, en uh, jy in Kempton Park vir paar jare al. En uh, en ek bedien ook maar oor hele land en ek het ook een opleidingsschool om mense te discipel en christelike beraders op te leid. En, uh, en, en self doen ons baie uh, beraden, ook professionele berading, so vooral met die en met al die goed wat daarom is, so ons is al 40 jaar betrokken om mensen te helpen om hulle levens in lijn te kry met Godse woord, en uh, om die volle impact van Jesus' leven te geniet.
0: Sadel, baie dankie vir jou beidra tot hierdie program uit die aard van dit wat jy doen. Ik denk die rechte mensen om ook vir jou hierdie vraag te vraag. Die Engelse praat van cohabitation, shacking up, living together, sommer net doodgewoon saamblei. Wat is jou verstaan van die woord van die here Keer die het goed of praat die Bijbel daarteen?
2: Dit is een goede vraag, want baie mense is in situatie. situasie. As ons wil weet wat sê die Bijbel, is daar heel wat huiswerk wat ons moet doen, omdat die Bijbel is um, in een sekere sin direct daar oor, maar baie daarvan is in verweef met die totale boodskap van die Bijbel, want God het die man en vrou gemaakt en hy het, het hulle in a verbond samengestel om hy hevelig te leef en kinderkies te hee en die aarde te vul. So die totale boodskap van die Bijbel is baie duidelik vir die wat, wat glo in die Bijbel. Nou ons werk natuurlijk nou met baie mense wat nou wil glo wat hulle wil, en wat nie noodwendig nou die bybel sien as die, die onfeilbare woord van God nie. So, um, dit hang af van waar iemand afkom, so as hy nie God eer of die bybel eer nie, dan kan ons eindelijk nie een gesprek met iemand gaan nie. maar as iemand rechtig wil weet wat sê God daar oor, daar is ongelukkig nie verskriktig baie skrifte hier oor nie, behalwe dat ons die totale boodskap van die bybel um, wil uh, volg, so jy weet, een plek waar Jesus nou praat met die, met die uh, Samaritaanse vrou, uh, waar hy sê, die man wat jy by blei is nie jou man nie, en daar hy, hy erken nie die Samenleie situasie as amtelike, hywelik, of, a, of a, 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 a legitieme, wettiglike verbond, waar iemand saam is nie. So, um, dis, dis een voorbeeld in die Nieuwe Testament. In die Oud-Testement, die, die Jode het nie eindelijk het geken van Samblei nie, want dit is nie deel van die kultuur nie. So um, die, die traditie van die Hebraeus die, die eeuwe was dat hulle uh, behoorlijke uh, jieweliksbevestiging zou hee so, die feit is pa net dat ons nou in hierdie verband wil mense bewus maak van wat s- sê God oor al hierdie goters, wat is sy plan oor dit, en uh, so, my vraag altyd de mensen: is, <coughs> wil jy die volle seen van God in jou leven of wil jy net de gedeeltelike seen he? wil jy gehoorzaam wees om wat God sê, of wil je net eigenlijk doen wat vir jou gemakkelijk is.
0: Ja, Sarel, een groot waarheid is, is dat die meeste van mense in Zuid-Afrika, ongeacht die kerk of die kultuur, gaan trou in die kerk, voor een klomgetuinis en sluit verbond met die heren. Twee en drie o. huwelike in Zuid-Afrika maakt dit nie, daar ze aanklag dat grusten huwelike statistiek ergerlijk is die wereld, en daarom o. sê baie mense, maar die eerste huwelik het nie gewerk nie, ek, 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 ek sien nie weer kans vir weer een echtscheiding nie, is dit nie beter om saam te bly nie? Daar is selfs hulle wat het rechtverdig te sê, man, dit is baie goedkoper om saam te bly. Wat is so jou antwoord wees op hierdie, op hierdie verskoolings en hierdie verweer?
2: Dat is baie verskoolings, ek het in my lesing wat ek aanbied vir my studenten, het ek een hele bladse vol verskoolings wat mense gebruik, en dat is absoluut een leen om te sê, dit is goedkoper om saam te bly as om te trouwen. Dat is precies hetzelfde. selfde. Sonder sekuriteit, want in die samblei is daar geen sekuriteit nie, en hier wil ek geef jy vir jy sekuriteit, en Godse Seen. So, daar is baie goed wat mense gebruik as verskwonings, en as jy na die detail van het gaan kyk nie, sien is vals, die grond nie, dit is nie dier God erkennie, dit is absolute ongehoorzaamheid teendoor wat Godse plan vir jy leven is. So, die mens, meeste mense maak hier die besluit uit jylle gebrokenheid, uit jylle pijn, uit jylle ontvluchting uit, Baie is net eenvoudig lei of nalatig om te doen wat God wil sê. So, ons kan elkeens sy sy verskoning gaan opvat en dan kyk. Weet, ek sit met baie paarkies voor my wat saamblei of getrouwd hoe sy wil skype. En die feit is maar net, weet, daar is antwoorde vir alles wat hulle sê. Meeste ouwens is in pijn, hulle wil nie dadelijk trouw nie, of hulle het nie geld nou nie. En man, het kost nie geld om te trouw nie. Ek sê vir jou trouw vir met vir niks geld nie. Daar is absoluut nie, weet, ek sit met jong paarkies wat wat uh, al lang kal ruip is vertrouw, dan sê, hulle kan nie trouw nie, want, want hulle het nog nie gehaald, of nog niet dit of dat nie. Ja, want verduidelik ek verlo, hoe is het om te trouwen. en hoe economisch is het, eindelijk om te trouw, en om God gesê te weet.
0: Wat so jy sê vir hom, wat sê, dis net tydelike oplossing, Ik ga naar trouw, hier is net de tijdelijke oplossing, op die oomlik, vir iemand wat nou saamblij en sê, maar waarin moet ik gaan, wat moet ik nou doen, als ek recht wil leef ja. voor die
2: Natuurlijk wil ek luister, weet na iemandse situasie, betekend mense is in een krisis, ook wel huis verloor, weet vir wat of hulle hulle inkomste verloor, en en die feit is net, ons wil luister na wat mense sê, en so mense is nie onsensitief oor hulle situasie nie, maar dan wil ek wel weet, maar as jy tydelik wil saamblei, gaan julle nou seks ook hee? Je weet, of gaan julle net saamblei en uithoud, totdat ons kan trouw? Je weet, Paulus sê, in 1 Korinthus 7, hy sê, as ons seksueel aangetrokke voel tot mekaar, en wat enige gezonde paarkie boorde hee, dat sê trou, so die opdracht is trou, en en dis hoekom ons trou, dis om seksueel die lewe te geniet, nou vir iemand wat dan weet, wil die voorrecht van een jywelike hee, sonder die commitment, en dis wat samble is, ek wil al die voorrecht hee, maar ek wil nie die commitment doen nie, Dit dit is onaanvaarbaar, en dit sê iets van jou karakter, Dat jij niet bereid is om een commitment te maken, soos wat God verwacht ons met jin maken.
0: Denk je ook ons een zwak voorbeeld uit aan die wereld, wat sê, Maar kijk daar die twee blij hulle alles, kerkgangers, alles, hulle is christenen, maar hulle blij saam, En toch is die verweer niet ons verkeerd niet een team niet, maar dit wat achter die twee daar gebeurt in die wereld niet. Denk je is een zwak voorbeeld voor die wereld?
2: Weinig. jy zal samenstemmet met mij creëren dat park is wat samen blij en so beweer dat hulle nie seksueel verkeer nie, 99% van hulle jok, jy weet, is de pleine leen. Daar bestaan nie so iets soos twee mense wat, wat uh, wiltrouw, of wat lief is van mekaar. Uh, seks is die primaire aangetrokkenheid tussen twee mense, dis die chemische samenstelling, dis wat God gegeet, soos jy nou die houding het van, oh, ons blij net samen, ons doen nou niks nie, uh, meeste van die ouwens gaan jok, behalwe die ouwens wat, een of andere fysiologische disfunksie het, Maar die die feit is net, dat ons wil hierdie ons help, om voor God gehoorzaam te wees, en en as iemand nou voor my sit, en dan sê, ek sit, ek dierie week gesit met die man, verlede week, a paarkie wat saam blij, en hulle wil graag trou, uh, maar nou wacht hulle vir beter datum, en een beter geleerdheid, en beter dit en dat, nou alles een in tweede of derde, hier wil ek nou, mens verstaan het geweer, gewoonlijk met hulle, dan sê ek vir hulle, okay, maar, wil julle nou dier God geseend wees? Sê hulle, ja. Sê, oké. Okay, as jylle speciale trouw wil hee oor 6 maanden op een skip of op een plek of op die berg of wat jylle wil doen, jylle kan dit nie nou doen nie. Kom ons, kom ons hou een in-house trouw vir jylle, ons trouw jylle voor jylle nou en ons doen dit weer oor 6 maanden, ons maak iets groots en mooi daarvan. So, weet, daar is altijd te oplossing om iemand in een plek van gehoorzaamheid te kry voor God.
0: So jou verstaan daarvan, jou verstaan van die skrifte, jou verstaan van die wil van die Heere, saamblei is in die wil van God?
2: Ja, dit past nie in Godse plan nie, want dit is, dit geen commitment nie, weet, of dit is niet een commitment voor God, want dat is wat die Heerwilig nog altijd was, weet, die hele traditionele opbou daarvan, en wat ons als christene sien, nou natuurlijk baie kerke of christene of leiders of theologe probeer die reels buig om, om het vir die wereld te maak, en dit sal ons maar altyd hee, so daar gaan nou theologe is wat nou nie met my saamstem nie, want hulle wil, hulle wil die wereld akkomodeer en sê, ok, is alright, sit maar in die kerk, jy kan saamblei, ek het ons in my gemeente wat blij. Maar ek, ek is bezig om te werk met hulle, en hulle wil graag die ding rechtstel so gauw as moendlik. So, dat, dat is een proces. Zo, so, hy weet, God, kom, kop ons nie uit, of slaan ons, of straf ons, omdat ons naar een verkeerde plek is nie. Hy kon vat hand, en hy sê, kom, ons werk hierdie ding uit, zodat je bij plek komt van gehoorzaamheid. En en dis maklik.
0: Susie, so Dr. Sarel van der Merwe wat met ons sy hart deel staan in die hoof van die gemeente. Nou ja, Sarel, baie dankie dat jy vergon toe ook so openlik oor hierdie baie netelige saak gesels het met ons.
2: Jy is baie welkom.